Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. If the Titans beat the Bengals, it will be because they won, not with Derrick Henry, but with the passing game. Playoff hunt or not, the Jets are making a change at quarterback. And what is going on with the New Orleans QB situation? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Tennessee Titans are sort of like the cranberry sauce in a can. It doesn't look great, but man, if it isn't good, and that has been what they have been all year. Not aesthetically pleasing. Doesn't look like it's going to be great, but here they are, 7-3 and in prime position Mm -hmm. in the AFC playoff race. For everyone to be saying... They're not that good, right? But then they just keep winning games. Here is another opportunity against the defending AFC champs on Sunday. Tyler Rowland from Locked on Titans joins me now. And, and Tyler, I feel like every time we have you on, it's why don't people think that the Titans are good? So I'm not going to ask you about that. The Titans mm-hmm. are good. And, and yes. they're certainly better than most teams in the league. So this is a game for them to come out against a team that in the preseason we thought would be good what kind of statement can the titans win if they get a dub against this Bengals team well i think it's not only the statement that they'll make but how they'll have to do it Mm. so like green bay the titans may have beaten green bay one by double digits but the titans didn't dominate on the ground it was their passing game that actually was impressive and that's why kind of the vibes around the titans are different now Everybody's like, oh, so they do have some semblance of a passing game. Now I believe in them a little bit where you could take that a step further. So not only is that Titans-Bengals clash going to have a lot of pop to it because it's a rematch of last year, and that was a a very, um, I guess, let's say polarizing playoff game between the Titans and the Bengals coming out of that. And so I think there will be a lot of eyes on it. No, absolutely not. So with that said, perfect segue, Pete. The Titans are going to have to win this game throwing the ball because the Packers ran 6-1 on defense and were able to limit the Titans' running game. The Bengals are going to be able to do that and have maybe even better personnel overall up front with DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. The guys that they have might make it even more difficult on the Titans' run game. So if the Titans are going to win this game against the Bengals, they're going to do it through the air, taking advantage of a, a beat-up secondary for the Bengals that still has a lot of talented players in it. Uh, no lie, but a beat-up secondary. If the Titans can win through the air against the Bengals, I think they have a great chance to keep pace and allow their defense to make a couple of plays. And I think the Titans can ultimately win. So not only is it a big chance for the Titans to make a monster statement to the entire NFL world, but the way that they should be able to, or the way that they need to do it if they're able to do so, will kind of make people feel even better about some of the Titans' weaknesses early on. I think defensively is another chance for them to make a statement because this is a defense that over the last two months, the only team to score more than 17 points against them was the Chiefs and the Chiefs Mm -hmm. scored 20. This defense has been unbelievable. It almost hasn't mattered who's been on the field for them with all the injuries that they've had. Jeffrey Simmons has been a little bit banged up. The secondary, the linebackers, it hasn't Mm -hmm. mattered. Defensively, they've been awesome. How do you see this team matching up against what is a potentially explosive Bengals offense, albeit without their all-world everything receiver, Jamar Chase? I think this is the week that the Titans give up more than 17 or 20 points. And 
Part of the reasoning for that is Green Bay had some success against the Titans in certain situations that I think not only the Bengals can replicate, but they can go above and beyond what Green Bay was able to do. So the Titans play great sound defense. They do all these things schematically, rolling coverage. They play different coverages, different variations of the same coverages, all to confuse you. Well, what beats that? How were the Packers able to beat that on Thursday night? Just winning one-on-one matchups on the outside. Christian Watson wins a deep ball in the end zone. Great coverage, but Watson's just a playmaker bigger than Christian Fulton. Makes a play. Alan Lazard sets up the second touchdown with a deep pass on the right sideline over Roger McCreary, who's a rookie who's five foot eleven. So I think the reality is, while the Titans can do all these great, the Titans can win the play schematically, but lose the play on the field because Cincinnati has what beats the Titans. They have playmakers on the outside that will win on the sidelines, and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, who looks like he's going to be back for this game, and then. On the other side of it, with the pass rush, the Titans' pass rush is great, but Danico Autry's probably going to be out in this game. He's their leading sacker on the year. Bud Dupree may be back, but how long will he even last? You're leaving Jeffrey Simmons out there on a bum bum ankle by himself without Harold Landry, who they haven't had all year. So the Titans' pass rush was able to make it really tough on Joe Burrow, but now if that pass rush is scaled back even a little bit, Joe Burrow can do those Jedi tricks in the pocket, get away, so... Joe Burrow's pocket movement and then the winners that the Bengals have on the outsides in one-on-one situations, those are the things that beat this Titans defense even if they technically win schematically. So that's something that uh, I'm worried about and something to watch for in this matchup. Stay up to date all year on the Tennessee Titans by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Titans podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Robert Sala and the New York Jets are making a big decision in the middle of a playoff race. Coming up, we look at why it might be the right one. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. There are a couple of very lopsided point spreads on this Sunday's slate of NFL action, starting with the Miami Dolphins, who are hosting the, the Houston Texans. Yeah, it's tough. Bet Online has the home Dolphins favored by 13 and a half. If you think that's high, Wait till you hear the Chiefs and Rams spread. What looked like a marquee matchup in the preseason is now a dud. Likely no Matthew Stafford. And even if he played, yeah, I don't know if this line would be that different. Bet online at the Chiefs, 14 and a half point favorites over the defending Super Bowl champion. And the other lopsided game, the NFC. 49ers host the New Orleans Saints. Bet online has this one a little closer than the others. Still, San Francisco laying nine and a half. Bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. The Jets shocked the NFL world on Wednesday, announcing there would be a quarterback change. Just a few days ago, Robert Sala said they were not committing to a quarterback. This Sunday, he confirmed that Mike White, not Zach Wilson, will be under center for the New York Jets. Uh, we're going to roll with Mike White. Um, you know, it's the same same things we talked about when we elevated him to the second spot. Uh, um I got it. it. Feels like three, three or four weeks ago. Uh, just, you know, we know he's fully capable. He's started in this league. He's won games for us, and um, and we just want to give him an opportunity. Uh, Zach's career here is not over. I know that's going to be the narrative. I know that what that's what everybody wants to wants to shout out, and that's not even close to the case. The intent, the full intent, is to make sure Zach gets uh, gets back on the football field at some point this year. Um, when that is, I'll make that decision. I'm going to take it day to day. Locked on Jets host John Butchko looks at how different 
things might be with Mike White under center. He's been doing shows all week about the speculation that Zach Wilson might be benched. Now we know Zach Wilson has been benched. So joining me from Locked on Jets, John Butchko. And, and John, I, I guess the part of this that is most surprising to me is immediately saying this is Mike White's job. What part of this sticks out to you? The timing, the, the decision from Robert Sala, the questions about accountability. What is the, the part of this story that is most interesting to you? I was surprised the Jets made the move. It seemed to mm. me like this was going to be a situation where maybe Zach Wilson's job was in jeopardy, but it felt to me after Sunday's game against New England, Zach Wilson played very poorly. There were some post-game comments he made about not he, he did not feel like he let the defense down, even though you know the Jets only scored three points and their defense only allowed three points. Wilson said that he didn't feel like he was letting the defense he did he did not feel like he had let the defense down. There were all kinds of reports about how that, that did not go over, over well in the locker room. In fact, you had multiple multiple defensive players. Two guys, John Franklin Myers and Sauce Gardner, both liked tweets that criticized Zach Wilson for that comment. And then after that, both of them said, I didn't mean to tweet that. It was an accident. What a coincidence that was. <laughs> I kind of viewed, so on Monday, Robert Sala indicated that he wasn't sure who was going to start at quarterback. I kind of viewed that as a warning shot to Zach Wilson. I felt like it was one of those things where he was he was kind of saying if you keep this up you know your job's going to be in jeopardy and if he played a poor like first half on Sunday against Chicago then I could see them making a move at halftime I was a bit surprised though that they actually did it at this point I'm not, I'm not saying it's necessarily the wrong move I just was not expecting it what what do you think does change with this quarterback move because Zach Wilson has been by pick a metric one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. How much of an upgrade could Mike White be? And how does that change the Jets for the rest of the season? You know, it's tough to say. Now, Mike White played a spectacular game last year against the Bengals. He threw for 405 yards. He actually followed that up with a good first quarter. The Jets played the next Thursday night at Indianapolis. And White got injured. He had, he had a hand injury in that game. So he missed the last three quarters of that game. The next week he came out against Buffalo and threw four interceptions against him. But it was against an excellent Bills defense. The thing is, I, I just don't know what the answer is for the Jets at the quarterback position. I personally viewed it as that you had equal odds of getting a good game, whether it was Zach Wilson, whether it was Joe Flacco, whether it was Mike White. Now, I think Mike White can get the ball out quicker and the Jets are kind of playing a patchwork offensive line. So Mike White's pretty decisive with his reads. He doesn't have a big arm, though, so he can't really stretch the field. Oh, the Jets have not really done much in the way of big play passing. But I got to be honest with you, Peter. I'm not sure Mike White's going to be the starter the rest of the season. I think it could be a situation where you have guys rotating in and out. Joe Flacco may be in the mix. And Robert Sala did say that they're doing this as much as anything because they want to get Zach Wilson's head straight because right now his confidence level is low. So we could see Zach Wilson again before the end of the year. Yeah, and Robert Sala left open that possibility that, that we could see Zach Wilson again. It does seem weird if you want to bolster someone's confidence to bench them. But here we are. This is the 2022 New York Jets, and that is the situation that they find themselves in. John, I appreciate the insight. Oh, as always, Peter. Stay up to date all year on the New York Jets by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Jets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the New Orleans Saints could probably get somewhere. If only they knew who it was that was going to lead them somewhere. The New Orleans Saints have the honor of taking on the buzzsaw that is the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday, but they do come off a win. They beat the Rams 27-20. to 20. Chris Olave, excellent in that one. Andy Dalton 
three touchdown passes, and more importantly, no interceptions. Joining me now from Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL, Ross Jackson. And Ross, the reason I bring up Andy Dalton's numbers is Jameis Winston had a, a candid and human moment in the locker room this week talking about losing his job to injury. He said it's the policy, unofficially, of course, that players don't lose their spots to injury. Jameis seems to have done just that. What did you make of his comments this week? Yeah, look, I, I, I love the way that you referred to it, that it was you know a human moment. It's certainly an interesting moment. Um, it, it's hard to back up the idea that there is such a policy. I mean, even on another spot on this team at wide receiver right now, Deontay Hardy, who's been the team's leading kick returner since his all-pro season just a few years ago, has effectively lost his job while on injured reserve to Rashid Shahid, who, make no mistake about it, will retain that job going into the, the rest of the season, even if Deontay Hardy makes it back to the active roster. Um, you know, I think you can kind of look at Carson Wentz in a way too, right? They're going to, are they really going to go back to him or, you know, yeah, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it, right? It's going to be another Heineke season, which is always very exciting going into the playoffs. We know how that story goes, but you know, I, I think you can look around the NFL and find, you know, example after example, many of them actually being Carson Wentz, uh, <laughs> that, that show you that it's not really a policy. But I think the thing that was really interesting was when he mentioned that, Dennis Allen basically told him in London that he wasn't going to lose his injury now that or lose his job to injury. Now that is a different thing. We asked uh, New Orleans media, uh, asked Dennis Allen about it on his day after press conference on Monday. He, of course, declines to go into any details around that because why would he? Uh, but that to me is is the, the very interesting part around it. But Peter, you know, just as well as I, we've seen guys go up there. I mean, look at Frank Reich, right? The two days before he was fired, you had a general manager go up there and say, ah, oh, yeah, he's safe. Everything's fine. Or an owner go up there and say, yeah, everything's safe. He's fine. And then he ends up on the street. So we see a lot of saying one thing and then actually doing another thing in the NFL as things always change. Yeah. The, the dreaded vote of confidence is always one that makes you, makes you raise your eyebrows too, as well. Yeah. Of uh, the, the fact that they ever have to give that vote of confidence usually tells you something about mm -hmm. where that team is so I mentioned at the top this 49ers game against a team that looks as good as any team in the NFC right now. The Saints, heavy underdogs in that one. So could we actually see this all get sorted out? The Saints go up. They do not play great or they, they get beat. And then, hey, look, it's time for Jameis Winston to get a, a shot again. Could this all just get sorted out by circumstance? It, it, it's possible. Certainly want to never say never here. But look, Andy Dalton struggled big time against the Baltimore Ravens and then again in Pittsburgh against yep. the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the coaching staff went back to the drawing board and basically said that they believe that the issues are elsewhere around uh, the team, not just at quarterback. Not to say that there aren't issues at quarterback, but that there were issues elsewhere uh, that seemed to be a little bit more of the driving factor. So they could very well look at that again. I mean, we saw the way that this San Francisco team looked against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Mm. We've seen the way that the New Orleans Saints have looked throughout the season. I don't know that there's really necessarily a situation here to where they're going to really be looking to shake things up after uh, what's going to be a tough game in San Francisco. But, you know, you, I, like I said, we'll never say never, but doesn't seem likely. How does this shape? Oh, it's a little early to be talking about draft, but how does how does the rest of the season, do you think, shape the way that this team that has been habitually and consistently all in the last five to six to eight seasons? How do you think it shapes the way that they could potentially approach this offseason? 
Well, I, I think the biggest offseason impact that the Saints record is going to have by the end of it is do the rich get richer and the Philadelphia Eagles end up with a top five or top right. 10 draft selection, right? Like none of us want to see that happen uh, covering NFC teams. But, you know, for the Saints, I, I think it's going to be business as usual for them. They'll go in, they'll restructure. They've got about 50 plus million dollars that they can free up without touching any of the aging veterans. And then if they want to touch any of the aging veterans, they can go beyond that and then look for them to be in the quarterback market over the course of the offseason, whether it be in free agency, but more than likely the draft. But I could see them going for like a mid-level free agent or something like that as well, kind of like what they did with Andy Dalton over the course of this offseason. But they have some big question marks that they need to answer at several positions one way or another, uh, regardless of how many players stick around. But I, I guess the biggest name you're going to be watching over the offseason that's on the roster right now is Michael Thomas. What do the Saints do with him? Does he end up getting moved as a post-June one transaction, which would save them some money? Or do they even go to him and say, hey, we want to renegotiate that deal based upon what we've actually been able to see from you for the past three seasons and then find a way to get it done that way? Stay up to date all here on the New Orleans Saints by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Saints podcasts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, Taylor Heineke is savoring every moment. After taking over at QB for the Washington Commanders, he has won more games than he lost. And he's an awesome way of commemorating those wins. Heineke will purchase a pair of Jordans in the colors of the teams that he defeats. The trend started with the win over the Green Bay Packers and continued with Indianapolis and Philadelphia. And he doesn't stop there. After the Commanders beat the Texans last week, he decided to include another position group in the fun. Heineke said the tight ends will be getting sneakers this week. The way we've been running the ball in the last five, six weeks, they're just as big a part of this as the offensive line. And to have two rookies out there laying their body out, they deserve something. So those guys will be getting some sneakers. The commanders face the Falcons this Sunday, and I cannot imagine it will be very difficult to find red and black Jordans. I, Taylor, can I, get a, can I get a pair? I'll send you my address. It'll be fine. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it offline. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday's show, will we have a clearer playoff picture in the NFL? God, it seems like no. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.